Hola, amiga. I believe the only way to create a life of your dreams is by taking massive action that makes shit happen. Basically, amiga, handle your shit. Yes, I said that. Handle your shit. Stop playing small and start breaking down cultural limitations, gain back your feminine power, and become the unapologetic and unstoppable Latina you were destined to be. This show is meant to inspire, motivate, and awaken your soul's potential. You will learn from business professionals, successful entrepreneurs, and creatives that will teach you mental corrections, insider tips, success strategies, and of course, a dose of personal development. I am your host, Jackie Tapia, lawyer, transformational life coach, and entrepreneur. I am also a wife and mom to a little badass Latina. I'm obsessed with changing the Latina's mindset and breaking down cultural barriers so that you can live your best life and step into your true power and start living a life of abundance in all ways and always. Join me for inspiring conversations with thought leaders and learn how to handle your shit. ¿Estás lista? Vámonos. Hello, 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 amigas, and welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. So, amigas, we are entering the season of giving and happiness and holidays and a lot of get-togethers and a lot of events. And so in celebration for this winter season, I'm going to be unleashing a couple of episodes that you previously have heard or have not heard. And this will be your first time. And so with that in mind, I wanted to just give you a little bit of perspective on the actual choosing of certain episodes. Part of these episodes have to do with how I feel in the moment and then also what is going on in our society. And so I decided, okay, we are going to reflect on uh, risk takers in business and loss. And then we're also going to be celebrating the actors that were on strike. And these beautiful actresses that came on my podcast took the time to be with me And now that the strike is over, let's re-listen to these episodes and congratulate them for having a successful strike closure. So without further ado, here are flashbacks for this year. And I'm wishing you a beautiful holiday season. And I can't wait to talk to you in the following year. I'm excited to introduce to you this beautiful soul. Her name is Vanessa Cordonieu, and she is known as the business bruja, biz bruja. And she's a trailblazer. She's a healing activist in this spiritual realm and wellness space with more than 12,000 sessions and thousands of students worldwide. Vanessa is an acclaimed bilingual psychic medium, 
clinical hypnotherapist, astrologer, international intuition trainer, and soul business mentor. She's also an Argentine-American who started doing readings at 16. She became a professional intuitive at the age of 22. Oh my God, what was I doing? I wasn't doing any of this stuff. Jeez, I'm, wow, she's just amazing. She held new moon and full moon healing circles for two decades in New York City. And Vanessa celebrated her 10-year online full-time and over 27 years in service to her comunidad. Her online school hold certification programs in intuition, Akashic records, Reiki, and hypnosis. Vanessa is a proud woman. She's proud of her work as an empowerment facilitator for young women leaders at Beya Abzug Young Women's Leadership Institute in NYC. She's created innovative courses to support self-improvement, inclusivity, and diversity for the past 12 years. She's also the, the creator of the Biz Bruja podcast. So without further ado, this is Vanessa, the Biz Bruja. Vanessa, welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. Thank you, Jackie. I'm so happy to be here. Bienvenidos. I'm, I just love the name and the energy of your podcast. I'm like, handle your shit. I need to be there. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me, let me tell the amigas here that she's known as the Biz Bruja. So <laughs> that in itself, I'm like, hell yeah. Handle your shit, Biz Bruja. Of course, there's a synergy there. I'm so excited that you're here, Vanessa. And for those amigas that are starting their spiritual journey and learning from different people out there, I really wanted them to come to know you. Who is Vanessa and how you got started? Thank you so much for that question. So I was pretty blessed to have a very spiritual family. That doesn't mean that we weren't dysfunctional because we were, but we did do the limpias and we had an altar for the ancestors that I have right now across from where we're recording. It's all on my wall. Of course, photos as far as we can go and remembering that we tend to have photos of people who had some money, right? And so, you know, when we start building an altar, we start thinking, oh, I didn't have this picture. I have a whole group of family that isn't on the altar, but then, you know, I put other things on there to represent them. I was born with a health condition in Peru where I needed a surgery. And my mom went to the local curanderas in Peru and they said I had to be dedicated to El San Martin de Porres, who is like mm. the first black saint. And they did all this stuff for me and all this healing. And then they took me back to the surgeons that said, well, we don't know, but the hernia is gone. And I did hear that some of them do disappear, but it like never, ever came back my whole life. Thank God, knock on wood. And so I grew up with like stories like that. I grew up with my mom telling me that she didn't know she was pregnant, getting hit by a car, waking up in the hospital, being told, look, you need a medical abortion and spirit telling her, no, it's a woman, it's a girl, you got to give birth to her. So I, and then my brother had a heart condition. I grew up understanding that one, there were ways for us to handle our shit. Like if there was a bad energy, when I vibra mala, like prayer, going to ancestors, calling to our saints, we never felt no matter what happened. And trust me, we went through a lot of things being immigrants. And like, I came here as a little kid, my siblings were born here. And so I was raised in that energy of like, oh, hay un problema, let's do Olympia. Oh, the, the, balsamo tranquilo, let's get this, let's get un medio in the house which is like frankincense and myrrh to cleanse the whole house. 
So I grew up with that, but let me tell you, I never thought that I would be doing this for a living. Porque back in the day, day, the people who were doing readings and psychic mediums, et cetera, they were like in a little room surrounded by candles. And I know because there I was in New York going with my mom to get readings or cleansings or whatever. And I, we would be climbing up these steps because it wouldn't be, you know, an elevator. It would be like six, seven, eight flights. And we'd get to the place with the plastic furniture. We would sit down and it would be like, wow, there's like 15 other people. And you'd wait sitting there for the readings. And then they bring you in. They got the cafecito. You drink it. They put it over a thing. They pray. And they're like, bam, telling you things, dropping the bombs. And then I would be like, wow, but shit stayed the same. Yeah. And I'm not trying to put down anyone that I went with. But what I started to realize, even at 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, is that, wow, we can be really psychic, we could be really intuitive, we can know a lot of spiritual stuff. And then there's, where's the mindset shift? Mm. So I was already becoming interested in like, how do I heal? Not how do I be intuitive, how to become intuitive, or how do I listen to my intuition? That was for our family, like, yeah, we trust it. How do I now do that. So there was already like 10, 11, like, how do I heal? Like, I don't like what's going on around me. And so from there, I wound up at 16. My mom blindfolded me when I brought home a Ouija board. She blindfolded me, flipped it. And the stuff that came through, like blew her mind, blew my mind. And I knew like, I'm a psychic medium. And oh my God, I'm 16 years old. Like I knew that when I was younger. And so what happened is there I am with my little fingers on the thing. I'm moving and I'm getting this redheaded woman with a little kid and they're wet and they're coming out of a river. There's a car like slowly dipping into the river and disappearing with a bridge that's broken. I don't understand. And the woman's like, cuida, Willie. That was my dad's name. Cuidalo, cuidalo. And I'm like, why is this lady? And I'm like blindfolded. I'm like, why is this lady telling me to tell my mom to take care of my dad? I don't understand. And then a woman came with little buttons and very austere clothing. I'd never seen a photo of anybody like that. Muy seria, uh -huh. you know, and it was like very little buttons up to the throat. I was like, it looked more almost European. And yeah, we do have some European family. She came through and said some things about a cousin. Don't let him go to work. This, that, this, that. And I was like, what? Who is this lady? Turns out, I think it's my great, great grandmother. And then a man came in with a plumed hat and he was like, vosotros and all this old Spanish. So I said, mom, it's like Shakespearean Spanish here. He's telling me you didn't let him help you write your books. And he's like, she has books in the drawer. So when I finished doing that, my mom's like, take off the thing. She got a picture of my dad, pulled up the back and there was a picture of a redheaded woman. And she's like, that's his ex-girlfriend. They broke up. She married somebody else, had a kid. And then she died when a bridge gave out during a storm. Oh my and God. That's the child. I know. And I'm 16, like, no, I already knew, but oh my God, now there's like irrefutable evidence. Right. And then she told me about that man and she goes, come to my room. She pulled out a drawer, gave me two manuscripts of two books that she never published, right? And then the third thing, we wound up calling family members. She's like, look, I'm not going to tell them we were on a Ouija. I'll say I had a dream. So having a dream was a big thing in my family. Tuve un sueño. Yeah. What was it? You know, I was going <laughs> to tear it apart. And what I can say for this, for anyone... If your definitions in your dream are different than your family, it's okay because we're all different. Like in my family, if teeth fell out in the dream, it meant like gossip, right? Uh -huh. Or no, it meant muerte. Sorry, it meant muerte. Teeth falling out in my, because I haven't had this dream in a long time, it means gossip. In my family, if there is a wedding, a lot, of, it's a death actually. It's not a wedding. And it's the opposite. And if there's a death, there's a wedding. Yeah. So everybody's different. And that was like the story of the great grandmother, grandmother, mother. But yeah. I was like, I don't get that. When I dream it, it's okay. Cause we're all going to have our own meaning. So I wanted to drop that in there. 
Well, what happened after that, I started reading people for free. I read my dad on his business, you know, the biz brujita over here. And <laughs> what am I saying? I don't know. And then he's bringing me all these Latino business owners. I'm 16 years old. I'm oh the oldest. I'm the one who had to translate everything for the family already. And I'm like, can I be a young person? You're like, can I just be a 16 year old? Can I just like not, you know, and, and, you know, we had stressors like my brother's health condition, you know, um, that he was born with a a piece missing and had to have surgeries. So we were already without a lot of family. And so that's when like eight months later, after reading all these adults, 40, 50 year olds, you know, 60 year olds. I was like, I can't anymore. And we did it for free. My parents were like, just give back. And so it was always a gift. I could always hear. I could always feel. I picked up the tarot. I started doing energy healing as per my family, like pulling stuff out of bodies. But I was a, I was an empath, which now we have a word for it, right? People who will pick up people's emotions very easily. Back then, we didn't have it. And I went and did Reiki training. I did hypnosis from a cassette and went back fast. I went to five lifetimes. At 19, all my friends fell asleep. So this is the beginnings of the beginnings. And I didn't talk about it too, too much with my friends because they thought it was weird. You know, why do you have saints? And I'm like, well, we pray to God too. I got a virgencita around my neck right now. It's my grandmother's. So, you know, I think that when we were colonized, we were told that it's either or, like it's only Jesus or mm-hmm. sino el diablo. And, you know, is I knew that even back then because spirit never let me down. Yeah. And I just want to say for anybody who says, well, my intuition let me down. We sometimes read into it and layer on our own expectation. And so that's how I started. I'm a lawyer. That is my career. But when I received the download from one of my human angels, at that point in time, I said, I got to do something else. Like I cannot, I couldn't handle it being a lawyer. I really couldn't. I mean, I was, I was suffocated. I felt strangled. I felt this hard energy that was not mine. And I felt that for so many years until my body just completely caved down. Hmm. And so I totally sense and I totally feel that whatever you learned, you can always apply it to the next life, if you will, like your 2.0. I feel like that is what's coming up for me is that that what I've learned as a lawyer, I could definitely use it in this transformational life space. And I feel like for you, you've already made this beautiful life for yourself using your gifts, your talents, and now monetizing them. You know, yeah. because I, I, I truly believe the universe always wants us to, you know, succeed in everything, right? Absolutely. Whether it's in money, in romance, in finances, whatever it is. And you've been able to do that. Absolutely. Um, and it's a big leap because I feel like I'm the bridge. So my teachers are in their 70s, right? My teachers, Dr. Marta Moreno Vega in Afro-Cuban and Afro-Caribbean religions. My teacher in, in Lakota Path, who is Beverly Little Thunder, I sat 18 years in her sweat lodge. Recently, the Inca Medicine School, I finished a year in Sacred Woman School, right? All of my, and there's more teachers. Starhawk, who came out in the 70s writing her book, was a bruja, Jewish witch. She's like in her 70s too, maybe 80s. A lot of my teachers didn't support themselves from their work because yeah. it was based. It was social justice directed. And so on the bridge, the people who come after me are gecko, hopefully making money immediately or almost immediately. But it came a point where, you know, after I crawled out of that accident, 
where she's like, never go back. And I'm like, because there was no Zoom, by the way. So I taught my first intuition classes on the phone. And I was like, who's going to pay me to learn? It was a conference call. I sent out PDFs. And then from there, I created a nine-month program that was $9,000 with three retreats in 2013. Nine people got in it. And then even my business has changed many times. I went from the urban priestess to the biz bruja. I decided to reclaim the word bruja, which was always my mom called me that, my family. Like you were talking about your episode with the words that were called. Well, my word was brujita. <laughs> so it was positive. I didn't take it wrong. I was like, yeah, you know it. Right? I was like, yeah. but um, when I did that and then I changed my work and then COVID hit, I really like I did pay what you can. I did things that a lot of coaches criticized me for. Because they thought like you're, because I'm also a coach, that you are reducing Mm -hmm. this. But I'm going to just tell you something. I didn't do pay what you can for everything. But the things that I did do pay what you can, I didn't teach for less than five grand for four hours. Even though it's pay what you can. Right. And so I think people need to shift their mind. Mm -hmm. I also know some people who tell me, and I mean, everybody's different and unique, right? Right. Who've never spoken publicly. Or like, people better pay me. People better pay me. Right. And I'm like, okay, then you do what you do. But then five years later, I see them. They still have it. Even though I have over two decades of stuff, people can call me and I will still do something free. Maybe not speak publicly because I've been paid already. Right. But I will do free things because you never know. Right. And so I think that there's that, like, where do we find that, that comfort space? And look, if you're somebody who already has a lot of wealth through other areas and you're like, no, I'm only going to get paid and then I'll speak. That's great. That's for you. But I know so many people who are just starting out have never spoken anywhere. Yeah. And they're like, no, I better get paid. And I'm like, you don't know if it's going to work. Yeah. <laughs> because I'll be honest, not everybody's meant to speak to 400, 500 people or they just need work to get there. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah. So I think that, so I was saying I was, I've been the bridge where like I've supported myself now and going into 11 years and it's always, you know, you're always bringing in new people. I mean, I don't try to hold on to people forever. You're always like moving, you're always creating. So it is a job for someone who's okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes with a day job, you could phone it in a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? You could hide a little bit behind the cubicle. Right. You can't hide in your own business. I mean, not me. Yeah, you're like getting on a podcast, you're getting on a dos minutos on your little Instagram. And I think that we have to take care of ourselves and do it our way. The people are listening to my story. You don't have to do it my way, but listen to yourself as you started this whole interview and trust yourself to see how it works for you. Now you that, know, that I have you here, uh, I know you have all this ancestral hypnosis and all the things that I wanted to talk about. Yeah. But this conversation, just what you gifting us with that wisdom, I feel like you're showing up and you're showing us how it is to show up even when it's in a horrible situation. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. I really, really do appreciate that. And I'm sure that, you know, in all the the work that you've done, all the people that you help and you serve and you support, that they're all just behind you, wishing you all this amazing, amazing energy. I feel it. I sense it. Since I was a little girl, I used to feel these things and I used to didn't, oh my God, I would have these dreams and like people pass away and, and I completely shut it down. I, 
you know, I told God, well, for me, it's God. I'm like, I don't want to dream this. I don't want this message. And for a long time, God did pay attention. But I realized that that was not showing up for myself because I had gifts. So what would you tell someone who gets these hits, the energy, you don't know where it's coming from? What would you tell that woman? Well, because this is a woman podcast. <laughs> so what would you tell an amiga? How to so, show up? This is your spirit speaking to you. Yeah. These are your ancestors moving through. You know, they're not outside of us. We could create an altar. We could put up pictures. We could do all that. We could do a ceremony. We could do a hypnosis. The truth is they're in our eyes and our skin and our cells and our blood. They're trying to communicate with us because we were never meant to be just shuttled into a system where we were disempowered. Mm. We're never meant. And, you know, however one, and I was raised Catholic, but if you look at the history of the church, the indigenous abuse, mm-hmm. the, the abuse of oppression of children and women, the killing, I mean, Spanish Inquisition in the 1200s, 500 years of killing and torturing people as witches in Europa that I recently found out has also happened in Peru, also happened in Tucumán, Argentina, where my grandmother's from, craziness. And so we can, because Christ and God doesn't have to be church, right? It doesn't, it's an energy. And so just remember when you start feeling guilty, when you start feeling scared of the devil or this or the darkness or whatever, those are man-made things that were layered on. Your natural essence, your birthright is to be connected to nature. If we look at every indigenous culture around the world, whether it's Irish, Espanola, Catalan, mm-hmm. uh, Ecuadorian, indigenous, African, Chinese, etc., there is some sort of honoring of the ancestors, there, some sort of connection to nature. That's the first way we connected to spirit and got to read signs. Is the rain coming? Can we plant now so we can eat? Are the mangoes ready? You know, we were reading the environment. We are supposed to receive this information so we could navigate our marriages, who to marry, who to be with, what to choose, what career to choose. And when we were separated centuries ago and we were told that this was demonic and evil mm-hmm. we were punished we were punished so just to say for me to be able to make a living a jackie i had to go through many past life regressions and ancestral healings to be like oh it's safe now for me to do this to come out as a brujita so just know that it's your birthright and know that there's so many of us here waiting for you and that you've always had it you may have shut it down a little bit but notice two things i want to say i want to ask two questions one Have you ever gotten some sort of download hits, feeling, sensation, knowing, and you didn't listen to it, right? (laughs) And then you were like, God damn, me too. And then you did, like me, I shouldn't let that guy into my house. They told me not to, then he attacked me, right? Like things like that. And when did you get some sort of intuitive knowing and you did listen? Mm -hmm. You're like, aha, bing, bing, right? You're like, I knew I shouldn't go with that person. Look, he attacked my friend now. Do you know, or whatever it is, or... I walked into a job and I heard, do not take it. But it was 2009 where there were no jobs, a financial crisis, all this stuff. I was like, I'm in Manhattan. I got to take this. I took it tortured at that job, but I knew it. Right. But I was like, well, I'll take it for a little bit. But then I felt stuck. I eventually left. Thank God. And so look at those two questions. Have I ever gotten it? And I didn't listen. And then I lived to regret it. I ever gotten it, listened it, and it went well. And so know that. This is our birthright. Know that this happened. Even this was like part of our makeup. Yes. To have these guidances. Yes. Because 
spirit, God, God is Pachamama, Mother Earth, however you want to call the energy, doesn't really want us to be blind down here. Because remember, my, my, they told me about my family. They're like, your worst nightmare is about to happen, Vanessa. They're going to go in a year, okay? Within a year. And I'm like, oh, you, you, you know, it was just like, wow. But they told me. And you don't have to have it at that level. There are things that, you know, I'm like, you don't need to tell me about this. And you don't need to tell me about that. But we are being guided for our highest good. So before I let you go, I'd like for you to give us at least one or two tips on how an amiga can handle her shit. Okay. So handle your shit by being really honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. The worst thing is betraying your own self, right? Because people can betray us. But if we look the other way because we want it to fit some sort of fantasy or we don't want to see the truth because we're afraid of the actions we have to take, the self-betrayal is the hardest betrayal. I know I've worked with thousands of people and with myself. And so be honest with yourself to take the time to get to know yourself and to know your intuition. As I said earlier, some people pick up emotions and you're like, oh, I was fine today. And then I hung out with people who were anxious and now I feel anxious or depressed or upset or whatever it was. Get some solitude. So even if you're a social person like I am, take a walk in nature, take a bath, take a moment, breathe, get on your yoga mat, whatever it may be for you or sit in your car. Women who have a lot of kids have literally done sessions with me in their car, right? Sit in your car, take a breath and and allow yourself to just breathe deeply and notice, how do I receive intuition? Is it through verbal messages? Is it through songs? Is it through other humans? Because, you know, God made humans too. And so we get wisdom from, through people as well. Known and unknown. Like sometimes you're just walking through the supermarket and somebody says something. You're like, oh my God, it's a message. Do you feel a sensation? And then what is true for you? And then the third thing is to is ask for help, especially as Latinas and successful Latinas and go-getters and leaders of our own world. Like we're like, like I grew up with, we don't have time to be depressed. We don't have time to be sad. We don't have time to be tired. So I have pushed myself and so is my family like so hard. You know, in Argentina, they say, me rompo la espalda trabajando. Like I break yeah, yeah. my back looking. And I'm like, I got to get rid of that because I don't want to break my back. Yeah. And really ask for the help that you need, whether it's spiritual guidance, a business coaching, a friend, be like, I need you to listen to me. Don't talk to me and don't give me your insights. Just listen. Yeah. Ask for what you need because it's imperative. We've been taught that our needs are last. We've been taught that our needs are not important. And third of all, those practices that seem cool, like meditation, mindfulness, crystals, whatever, lean into them when you're having a difficult time. They're not just like cute Instagram photos. Yeah. Like lean into the practices that, or whatever, or prayer. I mean, I pray every day, even though, you know, I'm shamanic, indigenous trained, like I'm doing in our father, and Hail Mary, and then I'm listening, talking to Pachamama too. Whatever it may be, like lean into your prayer, lean into your community when you need support because there's no shame in that. And I want to circle back. The honesty, it's so important to be honest because when you're honest with yourself, the universe is also going to give you what you want. Yes. I want to say something. So I said, I need to work in a different way in 2023. I've given so much. I've done so many live classes. I need to speak more. I need bigger stages. People wrote me and said, hey, do you want to do a keynote speech? Let's have a meeting. You know, I said, spirit, I want a book deal, but I'm tired. I have done so much. I'm doing all this. And then the publisher reached out to me. Of course, I've built a career over time. But when you are honest with yourself without feeling guilty, like I didn't feel guilty, like, yeah, I want to speak more. 
I need the book publisher to come to me. I don't feel guilty that I'm not going to go work and do this and send out the query letter. Yes, I get it. I've already worked in other ways. Yeah. If you are really honest about what you need, it's easier for the universe to deliver it to you. If you're going to bullshit and be like, well, you know, this is all right. I don't really like it, but I'm going to take it, which I've, I've done too. Yeah. Yeah. Then your outcomes and manifestations and the things you attract and magnetize are also going to be wonky. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Be clear. Very clear. <laughs> I know. Because when I have not been clear, I got wonky messages <laughs> for sure. Oh my God. I love this. I wish we had so much more time, but I know that I'm going to bring you back for another uh, episode. I'm so grateful for you being here, Vanessa, and I wish you only the best. And, you know, I'm going to be hitting you up for a reading. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it, girl. Let's yeah. Thank, thank you so much, Vanessa, for being on Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. I love your tips, you know, and I do, I agree with you. The first thing is just be honest. Be honest with yourself. Because if you're not, you're not going to get the boyfriend, the husband, if you're not, if you're not honest. And I think that's really sometimes challenging for some amigas out there. Cause if they become truly honest, then they're going to find that they're going to not be with that guy that they've been craving, if you will. Because if you're truly honest, he may not be the one. Well, let me tell you, I have dated so much, Jackie. You know, I just got married last year. I have dated over 100 people and I've had serious relationships with at least 13 or 14, okay? Uh-huh. My mom hated when I said that. They're like, they're going to think you're a big boo. You know, and I'm like, mom, stop. <laughs> I have lived so much. Had eight, My husband was my eighth proposal. When it didn't feel right, I, didn't, I canceled the wedding because he cheated. I'm so happy that I have my part. Yes. And I look at him and some exes were mes- messaging, you know, because it's Mercury retrograde so they come back. And I'm just like, what do you mean? I mean... The bad ones, you know, message me. I'm like, I'm so happy I didn't marry you. <laughs> so, yeah. so blessed. So I know if it sucks now, letting go, just think about it. I look at my husband across the room. And of course we have our issue because who doesn't? And I'm like, damn, you handsome. Damn, I love you. And damn, are you loyal and funny and awesome. And mm. thank God that I let go of the other people who are not good for me to yeah. find. You. So thank you. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, no, it's true because sometimes we just don't fucking pay attention. You know, we're not honest with ourselves. We want what we want and how we want it. You know, I was saying we all want our lives to change, but we want our lives to change the way we want it to change. So we're still controlling. Yeah. And when you're really like on the spiritual path, at some point you're gonna be like, don't say. And that's why with me, even with my business and my work, I'm like, what do you want me to do? How do I serve this year? And they're like, you got to do okay what you can. Okay. I never did that before. All right. They're like, you're still going to make money. You'll be fine. You can buy a house. I'm like, okay. It's like, and I literally ask like, how can I serve? And also prepared that his spirit goes, yeah, you're done with your online business now. I'll be like, okay, that's crazy. I don't know what I'm going to do now. It's just like we are being guided and we can't see. I have an exciting guest here. Her name is Vanessa Rojas. She is an Emmy award-winning producer and she brings passion, creativity, and experience to the ever-changing world of content creation, television production, and special events. Embarking her career with music moguls Gloria and Emilio, Vanessa's time with Estefan Enterprises formed the foundation for her expertise 
in worldwide event productions. Her years with broadcast giants Univision and Telemundo expanded her knowledge in brand recognition, product marketing, and live television specials. Born and raised in Miami, Florida, and having full fluency in both English and Spanish has afforded Vanessa the opportunity to thrive in the fast-paced Hispanic culture and grow marketplace opportunities domestically and internationally. Her 20-plus years of experience in the media market has demonstrated her ability to thrive and navigate the complexity of a fast-paced global media enterprise. She is an avid champion for programs and projects that challenge the status quo. So without further ado, it's this is Vanessa Rojas of V Collective. Welcome, welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. Oh, Jackie, thank you so much. I am so honored to be a part of this amazing podcast. I am in love with your book and I can't believe I'm so happy that we met just a couple of weeks ago and I feel we have so much in common and I'm really, really honored to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my God. The pleasure is all mine. Oh my God. Incredible human being. So let me, let's get back to, to who you are. Who's Vanessa Rojas? Vanessa Rojas, a.k.a. Vene Rojas, is a nickname that my family's given to me. And lately, in this new entrepreneurial world, I've really been just honing in on Vene because that's where I have my comfort and I feel the most comfortable. And so Vene Rojas is a Cuban-American born and raised in Miami, Florida, raised by two Cuban parents, my mother, Maria Garcia. She was born in, La, in Santiago, Cuba, and my father in La, La Habana. Cuba. They came very young, my mom at nine and my dad at 12. And I basically have been raised here. I'm 46. So I've been in Miami for a very, very long time. And I've seen the many facets and growth that Miami has had, especially in the last 15 to 20 years. So yeah, that's a little bit of me. A lot of my family is based out of Miami. I still have a little bit of family in Cuba, but born and raised in Miami. But I I have major Cuban roots in me. I feel more Cuban than ever. I'm very proud of, of my heritage. I know that your family, you know, you guys interact with each other and there's always people coming to your home. And that is amazing now. Are your parents part of this whole television network production? Like, where did that entertainment side come out? Because obviously they're entertaining in-house, but does it, did it also fluctuate into other areas? No, my father was a businessman, never worked for anybody. I come from a line of entrepreneurs. Okay. My mom is too, was a businesswoman. My grandparents, my aunts, Everyone, like my grandparents owned um, a tile and marble business. My mom went into fabrication of mar of marble. My dad had duty-free perfumes all over uh, Mexico City. Business entrepreneurs. Yeah. The way I got into television, I've always been a creative. I love music. I'm creative. Um, I studied advertising. And then I went and went to abroad to Florence for a semester and I came back and my cousin at the time was working in finance for Univision. Okay. And I went to go visit the studios and I go, oh my God, this is what I want to do. I just fell in love with, with, with the cameras and the studios. And I saw the producers and I'm like, 
oh, I want to do that. I don't know how. So I had to redo my bachelor's into more of the production side versus the advertising. And so I went into that. I studied it. I interned and I ended up working, you know, as a production assistant in Univision and started kind of growing that because in that business, you have to start from scratch. I was in Salad Gigante. I was the cable girl. Ah, <laughs> holding the cables for the camera guys, and with these monstrous cameras, oh and, you see, God, that's like and I'd have to work like twelve-hour days, and I was studying at school at the same time because I was doing both. But still, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. And my parents were not in that business, but I'm like, this is what I want to do, and so I pursued it. And then it's funny one, the way it kind of, my career has just kind of gone with the flow. Anytime I've tried to like do things like really organize and, and pass, it doesn't come. I realized I just have to go and the life has taken me through. And I was a, I was working as a cable girl in Univision. There was a floor manager and he had a sister that worked for the Estefans, for Gloria and Emilio Estefan. Yeah. At Miami Beach. And he's like, Hey, I don't know if you still want to do this, but I have a really good opportunity. My sister needs an assistant. Are you interested? And at the time I was living with my aunt in Miami Beach because my university was a little north from where I was living. And I was like, cool. I got the job. I left Univision, you know, because the hours just weren't working out for me. I still loved it. And then working with the Estefans, I learned the music industry. I worked with Shakira before Shakira knew who she was. Okay. I worked with Jocelyn Cara. I worked obviously with Gloria Stefan. We opened our own uh, record label with Emilio called Crescent Moon Records. We had new artists. I learned that entire industry. And at the time, music videos were like a thing. It is fantastic. So all these beautiful, amazing things are happening. But then you decided to step out. I did. And, I, and, I, why, I did. and why is that? You know, I always had this dream of me being on my own. You know, after the Estefans, I ended up, you know, I had to, it was 9-11. They let go of a lot of people. I ended up working more in the specials department, did Billboard Awards and Big Four specials with Telemundo. And I was amazing for three years. And then I was like, I need something stable. I worked at Despertar in America for five years. And I go, I think I'm ready to move on. And so the head of programming in Univision left. And he opened up this company uh, called Yes, You Can. And it's basically a health and wellness company for Hispanics. So uh-huh. think of like Herbalife. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or those kind of companies, but right. really geared for Hispanics. So I was like, okay, I don't know about this industry. Cool. I'm opening up the events department. Okay. I'll work with my television production experience. He gave me the opportunity. I was going to make... Tw- 25% more money. And then wow. TV, sometimes it's hard to really like grow in salary versus like in a marketing world, right? Yeah. It's just hard. You're a producer and you'll stay a producer for a very long time unless you really jump. And so this was my jump. And I ended up making a little more money and I opened an events department. I knew, I knew about events, but I didn't know so much about conferences and summits and retreats and meetings and that whole world. And it was great. I learned it. I did it for three years. And I was like, it's time for me to leave. And then I wasn't a toxic. The company became a little funky and yeah. toxic and it messed up a little my mental health. And as a woman, I was belittled and I, I was overworked. And I think the universe was like, it's time for you to get out. Yeah. Time for you to shift and go for your dreams. And I wasn't thinking that when all that was happening, but 
after the fact, I was like, you know what? So I said goodbye. I said goodbye yeah. to corporate. And uh, it was about two weeks before COVID hit. <laughs> Who would have known? <laughs> Who would have known? Yeah. And I said, honey, I'm leaving, you know, and he's like, go for it. And then thankfully through my network, I went on my, I incorporated and then I started just like doing things and, and, and doing different productions and, and making my own business, which was so scary at first. Yeah. Yeah. That's so exciting. What do you see that is missing in, in different companies, like your competitors that, that you see like, damn, this is a great thing to do, but you're not doing it. What is that? I'll give you an example. I went, have you heard of Create and Cultivate? So Creating Cultivate is really cool. There are a lot, they do a lot of things in California and it's a basically a community and they uh-huh. do a lot of big events for women. And I went to their big business summit sponsored by MasterCard in New York. And I went and I'm like, le falta calor. There's, we need connection. I don't want to be in an event for four hours and sit and watch four panels of the women talking about the same thing. I want to connect with the person next to me. I want to be engaged with activities or some sort of something or team building or, or like icebreakers. I like to do things in a very flow way from leveraging music, from leveraging some sort of easy, it doesn't have to be hardcore, but like a team building, some sort of a panel of experience or engagement. I like to have things that engage. Mm. I like to do things out of the box. I like to feel, I like to just use lighting, use color, use content to really feel like you're immersed in the experience. Right. I want to create an experience. I don't want to yes. just create an event just to have, you know, some, a little bit of liquor, talk to me a little bit about some, a panel and that's it. Yeah. yeah. No, I no. want something, something like, I like to leverage things with your senses. Yes. 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 Right? Yes. Your senses that you really feel. And, and I think I learned that a lot from television. I've learned that a lot from producing, from, from doing different events, big productions, seeing the need of what we need as a human. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I'm paying a lot of money, let's say for a big event. Right. Like give me something tangible that I'm like, I need to come back. Yeah. Because I learned something from this or I have a huge takeaway to me. That's important. So I try to look it into that lens when I work yeah. with my clients. Yeah, you really have to give it that. You have that unique ability to see it, like see it beyond. Yeah. And me, like, I'm like, okay, if I go to this event, what am I going to feel? Yeah. Or, or let's say maybe I'm not the target audience. So I did for the first time a medical conference last year in yeah. Latitude. This is a beautiful conversation, but I, before I have you leave, I always ask Amigas if they could provide one or two tips on how they can handle their shit. But I know, I know you have them. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, like, definitely, like, I know a lot of us have a lot of shit to handle, right? I think I have a couple of little things. Number one, I feel do not be afraid to ask for help. Mm. When you're like, hasta aquí and you can't anymore, lean on others for support. I've always done it between my tias, my besties, whatever you want to call it, I need support. And I always ask for help. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. But to kind of double take on that, I think brain dumping I've learned has been a good exercise for me. Yeah. 
when you're overwhelmed and you're like, oh, just get a piece of paper, old school, old school, and just just whatever's on your mind, and just brain dump it, brain dump it. And then from there, organize it. Mm. Organize it to help yeah. you because maybe you may have so much shit on your plate <laughs> you know where to start. But yeah. what if you just let it out, release it, put on some good music, incense, candles, get that mood, no? And just write it all out. Yeah. And then organize it or just prioritize the top five things I want to do today or the top five things I want to do this week to just not overwhelm yourself. Yeah, And then the second one, I think I saw an Instagram post and when I was on vacation, I saw and I'm like, this totally speaks to me. Yeah. It says how to rewire your brain. And <laughs> I, I always say, talk about that. <laughs> but that. Like, I think it's healthy to rewire our brain. So mm-hmm. like food, right? Rewires your brain, music, travel, sunlight, reading, learning, laughter, gratitude, movement, Breath work, community, time in nature, lo que sea, but it helps. And we all need to rewire sometimes. Maybe we can't all travel and do that, but it'll do something different. Yeah. You know, go roller skating. Yes. Or go take a little, go dance, go hear music and, you know, go somewhere by yourself and go have a meal by yourself. Yeah. Yes. Do something totally different. Yes. So. I feel rewire your brain, brain dump, and lean on others for support. Do not be afraid. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Amiga Handle Your Shit Podcast. If anything resonates with you today, please share it with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to share it on Instagram, Facebook, and other social media platforms. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at www.amigahandleyourshit.com. Thank you so much for listening. Gracias y hasta la próxima.